0: Dub Nation, coming at you from the Weirman Media Studios in Duluth. So on today's episode, we're going to lean in with a quick intro, and we're going to talk about solvency and the fact that the U.S. government, as the source of the income and currency, will never have a solvency issue. They can pay all debt off in perpetuity for a lifetime. So... Weirman Media realizes that abundance is upon us. We must realize it by communicating our future of dignity, reason, security, accountability, human rights, justice, opportunity, innovation, and inclusiveness. By utilizing the tools of technology to communicate a transparent, authentic, vulnerable truth of self and society. In which we remove insecurity, fear, inequality, artificial scarcity, manipulation, coercion. And or control that the powerful, connected, educated politicians, media Mongols, back and forth, economists, money hungry monopolies and coercive companies continue to sell the consumer on leveraging the narratives of scarcity, conflict, division, disconnect, complexity and speed. But we see through it through the removal of ego. No longer living in our inner subjective biases, our inner subjective delusions, or our inner subjective misinterpretations of the data, but rather leveraging the removal of subjectivity to operate as objectively as possible, leaning into the truthful insight of self and society to share our perspective and awareness in an authentic, transparent, vulnerable fashion. Using perspective and awareness in an authentic, transparent, vulnerable fashion, showing acceptance of flaws, ambiguities, and inexactness, then using them as our most powerful, relevant tool to influence others to aspire, dream, and succeed at scale by sharing impactful, empathetic, humanistic experiences of value with the world in a creative, culturally relevant fashion, advocating, educating, and empowering others to do the same. So that's a really important read that summarizes a lot about what we're doing here at Weaver Media. But on today's episode, we're talking specifically about solvency And the U.S. government can pay all debt off in perpetuity. So this is such an important topic and dialogue to have around the debt myth. There's so many people that are sold on the debt myth. And the debt myth. Is the understanding and the myth that debt is a bad thing and that we can't have debt as a country. When you understand that the US government operates different than a household, our US government operates slightly different than a household. It it is the source of the money. If I'm the source of the money, that means that I number one first must spend the money before it's in the system. And that is really important and relevant conversation and dialogue to have because the government's red ink, the government's debt becomes our surplus. So the the U.S. debt clock should be the U.S. debt surplus clock. It shouldn't be the debt clock that's used to manipulate, leverage, coerce, control and develop and generate fear and scaredness. And people that are scared and fearful then look at debt like it's a bad thing. But if you look at all the most successful businesses in the world, a lot of them are operating with a debt, massive amount of debt. You have to, if you understand money, money is backed by debt. And we're in a point now in 2021 with our size and complexity as a species and we're getting so large that the amount of money that must be spent into the system to have efficacy and have efficiency is larger and larger and larger because we've gotten so big as far as population size and numbers. So our government not only if you look at our government, all they are is a simple resource management co- company. They're supposed to manage labor and they're supposed to use labor and they're supposed to give it jobs to construct and build and generate product services services. And infrastructure for the system. And if you're using all your resources efficiently, you won't have unemployment. You'll have 100% employment. You'll have full employment. And then you'll also have more money being spent and more money being earned because you're generating and spending more money into the system. A big part of this conversation, though, is game theory and understanding that in a world where money is digital and money is fractionalized, it is digitally credited and digitally debited to accounts which is 90 plus percent of money, it is abundant. Money is abundant, folks. It is the access to the public utility that creates the scarcity and the artificial scarcity of money. Money, we could create and give. Poverty is a decision. We could create and give everyone abundance tomorrow. The problem with that is people don't want to give that to people. We live in America, and I love America, don't get me wrong, but there's many things about America that are just not correct and accurate. And one of them is the debt myth and understanding money and understanding that the U.S. government's debt, any kind of spending that I do if I'm the source of something is debt. So anything, whether I cut taxes or I spend in the economy, I am using a debt surplus to generate surplus for my people. So our government needs to understand the modern day money theory and understand this, that with the larger number of people we have, the more we have to spend as far as infrastructure, as far as education and systems. And the more you understand this, the more important and relevant the conversation dialogue we have around the topic. A lot of us stop at the debt and we say that's the problem, but we need to overcome that conversation. We need to dive into the conversation of the debt myth. And we need to talk about the fact that if I'm the source of something, If I hold the ability to create and make something and I'm the source of it, then in perpetuity, I will never have an issue with solvency. What I mean by solvency is solving a debt or meeting or paying a debt and meeting an obligation. If I can print money in my basement, I'm never going to have a money paying a debt in my basement. So that's why it's so important for us to understand as a people that they've leveraged the debt myth and they've sold you on the debt myth and the debt narrative to the point that you don't even realize it, but the debt myth was sold to you. And it's a narrative and it's a myth that was sold and leveraged by the course of monopolist and coercive companies to control, manipulate and leverage and have power and control and feel better and superior to other people and limit the availability of a public utility being currency and money. It is absolutely irrelevant, important conversation to push forward at scale, not only at scale, but at a micro and macro level to push it forward at your local level and to push it forward at the top, at the funnel, at the, at, on the Internet, because this is such an important conversation with our economy and our system and how we operate and where our leaders are taking us. And then you can start to understand which leaders are speaking truth and which leaders are maybe manipulating, leveraging, co- coercing and controlling. Because with game theory and understanding that money is not a zero-sum game, money is abundant, it is a non-zero-sum game, then you realize that, okay, it's more about the access to the money and it's more about understanding the principles of money. So few people in the world today understand the principles and characteristics of money. They don't even know what debt is. They don't even know what money is. They don't even know what currency is. They don't even know what it means to say the word solvency, to talk about perpetuity and the fact that the U.S. government, folks, whether we want to accept it or not, will never have an issue paying a debt. The reason being they are the source of the money. If I'm the source of the money, I will never have an issue with solvency in paying or servicing a debt or a loan or something I owe to someone because I am the source of it. So once you understand that, you really start to understand the leveraging and controlling and the manipulating and coercing that has been going on for the last 100 years around the debt myth or even longer. And also, I challenge and look for people to look into Stephanie Kelton's debt myth and the game theory and understanding that via digitization and fractionalization, which money is 90 plus percent digital, you have abundance via digitization and fractionalization you can create abundance. So the reason that everyone is dealing with these inequities and these unfair circumstances is is a fabrication and a manufacturing characteristic of centralized structures. Centralized structures are fabricating and manufacturing the inequities by limiting the access to public utilities, one being currency and money. Because money is abundant and currency is abundant. It's the access to the public utility of the money that limits and creates the artificial scarcity that we're seeing and the inequities that we're seeing manufactured and fabricated from it. Once we can decentralize currency and we can understand and have this conversation, thanks for being with us, whoever's with us. I really would like your input on what you view currency as. So many people need to have this conversation and dialogue. And we need to understand that the U.S. government's debt is our surplus. If the government spends money, it's a debt. But they're the source of the money. So that means if I'm the source of something, if I'm the point A, I'm the origination point, then I have to spend it. And it's going to have to be a debt for it to become your surplus. Also if i owe china uh, say right now i can print money legally and i'm the i'm the legal printer of money that means that if i owe a billion dollars i could owe a trillion dollars to china i will never have an issue with coming up and generating and manufacturing and fabricating that money because i can print it i can generate it and i can fabricate it right here i have the legal rights and i have the legal permissions to fabricate and manufacture currency. So if I can fabricate and manufacture currency in perpetuity, I can pay all debts and I can have no issues with solvency because I, in turn, have the right and permission an ability to print money in my basement. And if I can print money in my basement and I can print money in my living room, I'm not going to be operating like a US citizen or a US household. I'm going to be operating like someone that is in abundance. I can spend and use as much money as I prefer. So once you understand that, this is a big game of simple coercive monopolist and control and manipulation and coercion and control. The of monopolists want to coerce, control, manipulate, and leverage. And they want to create inequities because they people, at the end of the day, whether we want to accept it or not, we are looking down. We are looking backwards or we are looking down to find our happiness, contentment, and joy in the fact that we compare ourselves to others. We are living in a competitive society. So people and families want to be able to look back at someone or look down at someone. You know how many people when I ask them where they find their happiness and gratitude, where they what where they say they get it from, they get it from below or behind them. You know how sick that is. That's one of the reasons I wasn't a huge fan of Alcoholics Anonymous was because when you go into the rooms, if you realize that you realize that they are looking to the newcomer. For their gratitude and and happiness and contentment and joy, and they're looking at someone else as being in a worse position, in a more shitty position, that brings them happiness, contentment, fulfillment, and joy. Rather than us just having our happiness, contentment, fulfillment, and joy from intrinsic characteristics, we need to stop looking as competitive society and a society that keeps score and is competing to a more collaborative, non-judgmental, non-scorekeeping society. This is game theory, this is currency, and this is money, and this is the understanding of the prisoner's dilemma and the game theory and how it correlates and connects to not only our currency, our resources, but also our people and our government and our media. There are so many important, relevant topics and conversations that we need to have at scale. And on a micro and macro level, not only at scale, but at a local level, one on one, we need to push the dialogue with our friends, family and relatives. And then by doing so, we can bring and represent the change and we can push the change forward, not only in a rapid manner, but in a rapid evolutionary epic manner at scale where you can impact and influence rapid social change through changing the myth and changing the narrative. So at women media, as we like to say, it's not always right. It's never always wrong. It is simply our perspective.